this uh, morning is it's I've been fighting with the lectionary committee all week long. I think they got it wrong, and I'll tell you why, but but in a second. But let's read the passage, and then I'm gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do a little activity between us and, and groups. Nicole told me not to do it. It said it said the people are uncomfortable talking to each other people, and I was like, that's fine, we're still gonna do it. So, I'm preparing you for the uncomfortableness of having to talk to the people around you. Um, sermon for today, John 10. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheephold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard, who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. Sometimes neither do we. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That was good. Another translation says, a rich and abundant life. I, I love that language of abundance. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to enter into the, the riddle that I had this week as I was preparing for this sermon, trying to understand what does this passage mean and who is who. So I want you to, for the people around you, maybe two, three, four people around you, it's okay if, if you don't know them, you can just introduce yourselves. Reread this passage. We'll have it in the screen, and if you want to use it in your Bible apps, uh, it's John 10, verses 1 through 10. And here's the question. Who is Jesus in this passage? And how is Jesus related to this passage? Where do we see, what's the meaning of this parable for us today, all right? I'm going to give you a couple minutes just to split up in groups, do it together, read it together, and then we'll hear some potential answers, and then we'll try to, to bring all of our thoughts together. Go for it. Find a, find a couple people. Hi, I'm John. Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, there's the gatekeeper. Where is she? And then he's like, nobody got it, so he had to explain it. I am the 
gatekeeper, the secret. I think the gatekeeper is the Holy Spirit. This is the one that opens our hearts. Okay. All right. Boom. Okay, so the gatekeeper is the Holy Spirit. I am the gate. Also, come in for me. Jesus says, I am the gate. And God is the shepherd. That's what I was saying. Trinity. That's kind of what I was thinking. I'm editing all of this out of the recording, by the way. So the shepherd is the gate and the gatekeeper. Yeah. So three in one. That's how I heard it. Still a trinity. That's how I heard it described before. Like there was no actual physical gate. Because okay, okay. the sheep were in there unless the shepherd was with them. So the shepherd would lay down and sleep and the sheep would be in there for the night. And that's how we kept I guess I've heard that before too. Maybe it can or in here. I'm not sure. But why is he saying like it only in this passage that he's the gate? Because he also in other in other portions of John he says, I am the good shepherd. That is a different verse. An analogy. Maybe just a minute left or less. The Holy Spirit was couldn't not tell you, Couldn't tell you if it was recognized by God or not. <laughs> Alright, a few seconds. Nicole was wrong. Everybody loves it. I said Nicole was wrong. Everybody loves it. No, this is not. The girls are going to be all right, let me get let me get everyone's everyone's attention. She, she gets extra points. No, I can't. <laughs> all right, so first of all, uh, thank you for uh, playing along. I, I took a couple pictures. I think it is really cool to see all of us actually engaging with scripture in this way. And I've been thinking about um, ways in which we can maybe incorporate this a little bit more, maybe specifically through the summer as we kind of go, go, you know, the, the ebbs and the flows of summer are a little bit different. Um, I, I promise I was not trying to outsource the, the sermon, the labor of the sermon today. Uh, and, <laughs> and at the same time, I, I do think that there's something so valuable about actually doing the labor of, of reading the scripture yes, and the is. passage and, and being in community 
and being in fellowship. So thank you. That was lovely uh, to see everyone's energy around it. Um, I'll tell Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> they loved it, honey. They loved it. <laughs> All right. I would love to hear some some thoughts or highlights about what the what the message, the the meaning of this parable is, and who is who in this parable. We'll start with Wendy because she gets extra points already. They already got something. Right. No, it's a it's a group effort. It's a group effort. Okay. This this group. What was it? We're the sheep. We're the sheep. We're the sheep. We're the sheep. Yeah, that's it. So you gave yeah. up on the gate and the gatekeeper well, and the we shepherd and the. Well, we did that, but we were like, uh, and, and this young lady over here said, "We're the sheep." We're the sheep. Yeah, I love that. We're, 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 that is, I wrote that in my in my sermon notes today, so we're gonna get to that. Yeah. What about what about other groups? Um, well, we talked about how people going over the gate may um, not necessarily be thieves or robbers, but not exactly know how to get in, mm. but not how to, and then we also spoke about how shepherd was God, Yeah. and the sheep were, like, or the gate, no, the, the gate, gate was like Jesus, Jesus. Yeah. the gate was Jesus, yes. and Our, then we were the sheep. Alright, thank you guys. Our group may have read ahead a little bit, but Jesus is the gate and the shepherd. Jesus is the gate and the shepherd, alright, there's a, a duality there, alright. <laughs> going on. I heard some of that here, too. What about Linda's group? We kind of said maybe the Trinity, but we also said the gate. The gate. And the shepherd. Okay. And maybe John the Baptist is the gate. Ooh. All right. All right. Hold the phone. All right. I never thought about that. And actually, in the next chapter, or later on in this chapter, he goes and stays a long while with John the Baptist. There is a John the Baptist connection that's coming in there. That's interesting. Uh, And then what about you guys? Anything? Oh, sure, your insight. Yeah, I think maybe I learned this from True back in the day of kids kill people. Um, <clears throat> so I heard I've heard it described that like the um, the place where they kept what's that the pen the sheep pen yeah. used to be like a rock wall yeah. and there actually was no physical gate there was just an opening and so the shepherd you'd only put the sheep in there like at nighttime and the shepherd would lay down and sleep in the opening and be the actual gate. So, in that case, Jesus is the gate and the shepherd, like, because the shepherd was the gate. Yes. I know. True. That's why he's So, the reason why I've been fighting with the lectionary committee is because today being the Good Shepherd Sunday, I feel like they got the, and I'm kidding when I'm fighting with them, they, they know more than I do, but I feel like they got the, the passage wrong because like some of you saw, even though we want to see Jesus as the shepherd in it, in this piece of the passage, Jesus doesn't say he's the shepherd. No. He says, I am the gate. And that kind of took me a little bit for a spin. I was not expecting that. I was expecting to read the I am the good shepherd piece into this. And in fact, if you keep on reading verse 11, which is not included in today's lectionary, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So he does say that, and he he does go there, and we will go there for a little bit today. But I find it really interesting that the first thing that Jesus says about Jesus himself is, I am the gate. And I am still wrestling with what exactly does that mean, and hopefully we'll we'll get a little bit further down uh, today. But 
to, to, to kind of get really into it, yeah, there's a few cultural pieces there that are really important for us to kind of be able to imagine, to kind of really understand the richness of this parable. One is this idea of the sheepfold, of the, of the sheep pen. Remember, in, in ancient times, sheep were basically your bank accounts, right? They represented milk and cheese and meat and clothing. And however many sheep you had, it, it was a clear demonstration of your, of your wealth and your capacity to provide for your family. But like you can imagine, I mean, if you see my bank account, it is not that big. And other people's bank accounts is maybe not that big. But what they would do is this sheepfold was almost like a bank. And regular folk would bring their one, two, three, four, five sheep and bring them into the pen at night all together. And then that way you don't have to worry about taking care of your two sheep and having to lose sleep all night long over two sheep. But you, everyone, just the common people, would bring their sheep to the sheepfold, and all of a sudden you have 50 or 100 or 200, but that are really divided up amongst the, the, the families that are present in the community. So this was a little bit of a communitarian effort. And you can also find them with the richer families that have thousands of sheep, of sheep no doubt. But there is a, this really cool idea here, this communal partnership of people bringing in their sheep. The reason why that matters is because you know, early in the morning, John Howell would get up and then he would go for his five sheep. But all he would do is just call on them and the sheep would recognize their owner's voice and go out with him. But not Wendy's sheep. Wendy's sheep would stay there, right? But then Wendy comes in later on, 30 minutes later, and now she calls in her sheep and her sheep follow her. And there is this idea of, I kind of imagine it like a dog park of really well-behaved and trained dogs. So not my dog, but you know those really cool dogs that you bring in, there is the, the whole pen, there's only one door, you walk in and the dog's doing his thing, but then you say, hey, it's time to go, and here comes the dog, and he's ready to go, right? Not my dog, I have to chase after him, but, but when you have a really well-trained one, they just come immediately, they know your voice. A trained, a really well-behaved trained dog also just doesn't go with someone else, with a stranger, they don't leave the, the dog park with a stranger, right? Again, mine would, but just imagine a really well-behaved <laughs> one. They just don't leave. They follow their owners. They follow their leaders. So this is also what's happening here. There, there is this idea of the sheep pen, and then what we would think of normally is there would probably be constructions probably built out of stone, and then likely there would be uh, thorns and bushes that would be put over it, almost like a, like a roof, so that thieves would not go in there and try to steal sheep. So sheep's folds were for the service of the community, were to protect community, were, were to hold community, and then normally they would all together chip in, hire a gatekeeper, something like a, like a watch person to watch over the sheep to protect them. So again, we don't have a whole lot of similarities here in our culture, but it's important to kind of understand some of this to really kind of get at some of the things that Jesus was saying. <coughs> so right before this, Jesus had just gotten talking to Pharisees and he had told them, some of you think that you see, but you're actually blind. I have come to heal the blind. And those of you who you think that you see, you're actually sick, you're actually blind. And he's, again, with this idea of that sometimes we think that we have it figured out, but we actually don't. And in fact, Jesus says, the more secure and certain you are of how much you have it figured out, the, the more lost you are in that endeavor. You're blind. 
What Jesus is saying is, and I love that this group came down to to this because I think one of the takeaways from this parallel, this uh, parable, is that we are the sheep that we get, and we get to follow Jesus and follow in His voice and follow the Good Shepherd. But when it comes to this idea of the sheepfold and the gatekeeper and the gates and the shepherd, it gets a little bit more complicated. And, it pro- and the answer is probably that Jesus is all of them. Mm. But I, I, I find interesting when he says, I am the gate, I immediately thought of this idea of how often the church has wanted to be the gate. Mm-hmm. And forgotten that they're the sheep, mm-hmm. not the gate. Not true. Our purpose is not to keep people out or in. Our purpose is to be sheep and to follow our good shepherd. And I love this idea of the sheep and as this being, this, this community, this, this place where, where the sheep come together, where there's maybe a family of three or four or five sheep and then another family of three or four or five, and we come together and we are together in community and in fellowship. I also love this idea of the wandering sheep, you know, that would go out and pasture and this is what sometimes happens, they would kind of wander off and... And, and the, the shepherds would not do the count right and would be distracted. And one or two sheep would be left behind where they would come back at night. But then the sheep would find their own way to the sheepfold. And the gatekeeper's job was not to be like, oh, sorry, sheep. Curfew was 6 p.m. and you missed it. <laughs> You're out there with the wolves. You're out there with the thieves. You're out there with the robbers. Right? No, that's, it, the gatekeeper would open the gate. And the sheep would be allowed to come back. Jesus is the gate over and through which the sheep enter and over and through and which gives us salvation. And so there's, there's a, a lot of little pieces here that, that, that I just, I have to, to, to quote uh, uh, Lori here. I have a lot of wonder questions about this passage today. One is, I wonder... If sometimes I try to make my way into the sheepfold, not through the gate of Jesus, but through another gate. I wonder if maybe it's something else that wants me to be part of the community. And it might not necessarily be wrong per se, but it's not Jesus. And Jesus is positioning himself in a really interesting way here. He is saying, I am the gate. If you're going to come into the community, you come through me. Yep. Not through anything else. And you know, we, we likely, we are, our little church doesn't have this issue. We're a small church and there's, I think, such a blessing in being such a small, literally, literally community church that is led by volunteers right now. There's not a lot of appeals to power in places like, like our little church, right? But you know other much bigger Sometimes communities where power and influence can be a big part of why why people join the church and stay in the church. It could be uh, uh, being famous or having influence in your community. It can be maybe the money that comes with it. And and I think this was very much the case in the time of Jesus' time where he's saying if you want to be part of the community, 
It is not because of power, money, or influence, but because of me. We've been talking about this all, all spring long. It's this idea of being Jesus-y people. Once again, Jesus is saying, if you want to be part of the community, your calling is to be Jesus-y. And we read in, in Peter earlier this, uh, this morning what, what that means, just, just for this morning, right? He never sinned. He never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. I do. That's the first thing I want to do. If you insult me, I'm, I'm going to insult you back. He, was not he did not threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. That's so hard for us, isn't it? Mm. To just leave our case in the hands of God. We want to try our own cases. We want to be the judges of our own cases. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. To be part of the Jesus sheepfold and, and, and sheep pen is to be Jesus-y. And that is a call to discipleship and a call to fellowship and community one with another. We know that being part of the community is not easy. It is easier to not be part of community. Correct. It is so much easier to not be part of community. Correct. You won't get mad at no one if you're just in your house. But to be part of community is hard work. It's discipleship work. And that is one of the calls that I think this interesting uh, passage has for us. That Jesus is the gate. And we enter into community through him. Amen. The other piece that I wonder is, I wonder how I have been participant or co-participant, sometimes the systems that have kept people out that wanted to come in to the community. And we can do this in really small ways and in really big ways. And Jesus was saying, I am the gate. You are the sheep. And we can so easily confuse our role sometimes with being gate and gatekeepers. And we want to say to some people, oh, you're in and you're out. You're too good. Yes, you're in. You're, you're too bad. No, no, that's too bad. You, you stay out, right? And instead, what Jesus is saying is, don't worry about the gate and the gatekeeping. Worry about being Jesus-y and going through the gate through me. Yeah. And actually, that's really hard. That's really hard. We were studying earlier this spring the, the Beatitudes. It is hard enough to follow just the 10 verses of the Beatitudes and to be Jesus. -y. And that is, I think, one of the calls here for us as we read this passage. And then lastly, to bring in this idea of the Good Shepherd, I wonder if sometimes I've been following the wrong shepherd. And what do I mean by this? I think that sometimes I allow other things in my life to be the ones that lead me and guide me through the valley of death and darkness. It can be my pride. It can be my personal ambition. It can be the desires that I have specifically for me or my family. It can be any idea that I have. But often... The good shepherd is there calling me and being like, hey, come follow me. But no, I am following something else. 
because I am thinking that I'm following Jesus, but it's actually not the good shepherd. There is a lot of competing reasons why we follow things. And in fact, there's a whole science, right? If you, if, you, if you study the science of marketing, there's a whole science that kind of makes you be like, hey, look at this. If you wear this cologne, you're going to be this pretty. If you, wear, if you buy this car, you're going to be this successful. If you have this house, you're going to be so influential. And our hearts long for these things. And Jesus is coming into the sheepfold and he's saying, hey, know my name. And when I, know, know me and I know your name and when I'm calling you, follow me, the good shepherd. Not your pride, not your ambition, not your fears, not your emotions, but me. And all those other things, they're certainly a part of it. But it's me, the good shepherd. So to, to think about it, I want us to go back to Psalm 23. Someone said in, in, in the groups that God is the shepherd. And, and I, I love this idea. This is a Hebrew idea of, of, of God being the, the good shepherd. And then Jesus kind of takes it on. And he says, I am the good shepherd. And there's that first line that just rocks my world every single time. The Lord is my shepherd. In, in traditional KJV, we know what it says, I shall not want. NLT says, I have all that I need. If you want to know if you're following the way of Jesus, this is one way in which you know. The way of Jesus and following Jesus gives you all that you need. Following Jesus leads you to living a life of abundance. And I'm not talking about material richness. In fact, often material richness get in the way of abundance. The more things you have, the more you're worrying about those things. When Jesus is calling us to lead, to be led by him, he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. And I don't know about you, but I often go through moments in life when I think I need everything. I need those shoes, I need that house, I need this, I need that. Don't get me going through Walmart hungry because I need everything. $300 later. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. When Jesus is our shepherd, all of our needs are filled. And specifically here talking about our spiritual needs, our emotional needs, the needs that we have for us right now. He leads me, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Following Jesus is following a shepherd who's going to guide you through green meadows and peaceful streams. I love this. He renews my strength. Following Jesus should not be exhausting. Following the good shepherd is a renewal of our strength. He guides me along right paths. 
Again, we've been talking about this all, all spring long, this idea of right behavior, not just right belief. Right belief matters and right behavior matters. And this is where we see the shepherd, the good shepherd, guiding us along right paths so that we can make those right choices, bringing honor to God's name. Verse 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley, and notice the even when, not the if. You will walk through the darkest valley. Following the way of Jesus is not, does not mean a life free from suffering. It doesn't. In fact, sometimes it is. It includes suffering. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me and they comfort me. Walking with Jesus is a promise that yes, you will encounter, encounter suffering and pain in your walk. But you're not walking alone. You're not walking by yourself. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. This idea of abundance, that the cup is not big enough to hold all of the blessings that God has in store for you and for me. Amen. Surely your goodness, God's goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever following the good shepherd is a promise to live in the house of the Lord forever you're not out you're in he is your shepherd he is your comforter he is your guide he does provide everything you need and then lastly, if you look at the, uh, at the John 10 passage, sorry, Chris, verse six, those who heard Jesus use, uh, use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. How often have I listened to thieves and robbers? Oh, yeah. How often have I listened to false promises? That I'm going to be happy if I do this or that. Or I'm going to be content if I do this or that. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely. And will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I love that idea and that, 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 that teaching that Jesus has there for us. That to follow the way of Jesus is to receive a rich and satisfying love, life. And again, I am not talking about material rich, richness. This is no. Following Jesus does not mean that your 401k is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. That, that does not mean that. And in fact, sometimes we hear that in, in, in Christianity, and that is just not true at all. 
But I want spiritual richness. Amen. I want this purpose of life. Yes. I want to be content knowing that God is everything I need and that I am, I am good with God. That I don't have to fear God. I don't have to fear my relationship with God. I don't have to fear if I'm in or I'm out. But in Jesus, I am in. And God is telling me, you are a sheep. You are part of the fold. You belong here. Yes, with all the bad things you have done, with all the bad things you're probably doing right now, and all the bad things you might do in the future, you still belong here. Amen. Because I love you. If you're listening to my voice, if you're following my teachings and the way that I, that I lived out for you, the richness that God is promising for us, it's not material 401k dollars richness. It is a richness of knowing, of knowing that you don't have to get mad every five seconds because God is in control. Of knowing that you don't have to hold on to bitterness because God is in control. Of knowing that you don't have to fear the biggest things in your life because God is in control Amen. and He is with you and He is enough Amen. for you. Amen. I, want, I want myself, I want us to live this rich and purposeful life that we are not easily swayed by thieves and robbers that when we see the shiny thing we're like, oh, yep, Squirrel, right? But that can we can be focused in our determination of following Jesus because he is our good shepherd and leads us by still waters. That's the promise. The promise that your soul is going to be shepherded. And it's going to be shepherded into still waters. Often we find ourselves following other, other shepherds. And we find destruction and death mm -hmm. and illness mm -hmm. in that world. But Jesus is calling us to go through his gate, to follow his voice, and to find abundant life for every moment of our lives. Will you pray with me? Father, we, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for reminding us that even though we sometimes get distracted, we are the sheep. We're not the shepherd. We're not the gate or the gatekeepers. We are just sheep. And Father, we want to be your followers. We want to learn how to follow your path. We want you to shepherd our souls in our congregation. And God, we know that this means that we have a lot to surrender so Lord, this morning we want to bring all of those things, all of those false shepherds, all of those thieves and robbers that might be steering us away from following you. We want to bring all of that to you and surrender it to you. We don't want to fight it anymore. We just want to surrender it to you and we want to follow your voice. So God, for my dear friends that today might be going through the, the valleys of darkness, Will you remind them that you're there with them right now? For those of us who might be sick today, will you remind us that you are here right now? For those of us who might be okay today, will you remind us that you are giving us abundant and rich life in you and in your promises 
and in following your way. God, be with us this week. Let us, let us see that you are our shepherd every single second. The moment we leave this building today, the moment we go back to work or to school tomorrow, we surrender our entire life to be the followers that you want us to be. Give us strength and courage to do the things that you have called us to do, to live like you have taught us to live, and to reap the benefit and the fruit of living a life following your voice and your way. Will you be with us this morning? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to partake of communion.